GamesillaMedia.com. Noise Land Arcade. Welcome to this week's episode of Noiseland Arcade. This is Craig WK, and with me is the uh, Smithers to my Burns. Sean, the arcade phantom himself. Sean, it's great to have you back as always, and let's go ahead and talk about this week's episode, which is Bart the Genius. Simpsons, episode two, original air date, January 14th, 1990. Yeah, it was uh, uh, the first episode of the 90s. Now, why... Uh, I just want to go ahead and uh, kind of set the uh, the stage for what was going on in that uh, era, because at that time, uh, the uh, Detroit Free Press let me know that the very first black governor was elected to uh, Virginia, Lawrence Douglas Wilder. Uh, he was even the first black governor since the Reconstruction era, which was from 1863 to 1877, so it had been a little bit. That's kind of crazy to think about. Right? Yeah, I, I thought that was bizarre. Like, at first when I saw that, I was like, wait a minute, like, no, this is 1990. How, like, am I looking at the wrong newspaper? You, There's no way. You'd kind of think it would be a little more progressive by 1990, but I mean, Not, I mean, voting rights was, what, 56? Wow, yeah, no, I, so I guess. I, I guess it's not that far off. Man. That's it's it's crazy to think about that. Like even with early Simpsons, there were like things like that happening where it's like, oh hey, the first black governor for Virginia and the first black governor in a long time. You know, I I thought that was kind of crazy. And uh, Sean, uh, uh, what kind of news or stuff going on in that uh, era did you find? I kind of thought it was interesting that the pop culture of that era. Yeah, Phil Collins had the number one hit song with "Another Day in Paradise." Not that it's that interesting, but I wanted to point out how much I hate Phil Collins to death. <laughs> so reading that just irked me beyond my belief. Phil Collins. Is he the guy who did the Tarzan soundtrack? Yep, that's what I think of every time is that Tarzan soundtrack. <laughs> I also think about South Park making fun of him after he won his Oscar for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So the the episode Bart the Genius is an episode where basically Bart is mistakenly... Uh, viewed as a like sort of savant he's you know viewed as this like super intelligent kid essentially because he cheated and he gets sent to this like really you know uh, elite school and he hates it he just utterly hates it you know and of course Bart thinks that uh, it's going to be an easy ride and so let's go ahead and uh, kind of dive into the episode here so the the start of the episode i uh, is them playing what was it again Scrabble they're playing Scrabble at the family household and Bart is getting annoyed that he's not as smart as his sister Lisa and I want to point out the joke that they make about Lisa here because I mm -hmm. thought this was really interesting yeah Lisa spells out the word id and the whole family has to question the id and she wants to look up the id and the superego in the yeah. dictionary uh-huh and thinking about that, that's the first time I heard the term id in my life, back in 1990, which was a huge part of the game Xenogears. <laughs> you know what? You're absolutely right. Every time I think of the id, I do not think of, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Sigmund Freud's uh, Freud's theory of the id, ego, and uh, superego. Oh, you think of a dude punching giant robots. Yeah, that is exactly what I think of. I think of giant robots fighting and a guy, a normal-sized human uh, lifting up a giant, uh, uh, what was it, a, a giant, like, sand ship, like a crazy uh, oh, yeah. uh, sand submarine and just hucking it at a giant robot, and it's amazing. I just think of him just punching giant robots and them exploding. 
That's probably the most badass thing a character can do. You're not wrong. So I watched this episode of The Simpsons, and I had to pause for like five minutes to watch clips of Xenogears, (laughs) because I was like, man, Xenogears is so good! (laughs) Just put your uh, research on hold a bit. Uh, So... One of my uh, 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 favorite moments from this episode is when they're playing and Bart is fed up with it, like you mentioned, and he just throws all of his letters out. And uh, uh, it's Quidgybo, which when they call him out on it, he lets them know it is a, uh, uh, what is it, a, a, a fat, balding North American ape with no chin. And I love that Marge immediately like catches on to what Bart's doing. And she's like, don't forget, like he do- it doesn't have a temper. I love the fact that Bart uses every single word letter he has to spell this out. So he's just like, I'm done. Which, Quidjibo is K-W-Y-J-I-B-O. Man, that's a lot of points, right? Not that many, actually. Really? Do we do we have an idea of how many points or no? When Bart declares Quidjibo during Scrabble, yeah. he says it's worth 22 points. However, if it were an actual word, it would be worth 26 points before any double or triple letter word scores were considered. Really? So that was one thing they got wrong in the episode, which is funny because they usually are really good about small details like that, like especially with math. Yeah, that is weird. I, 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 But I feel like aren't there like different rules to uh, Scrabble where there's like different like variations for how you can play? Probably. I never played much Scrabble growing up. I was more of a Monopoly guy myself. Really? I was always a Hungry Hungry Hippos guy. Uh, I used to tournament Monopoly, <laughs> which is the nerdiest thing anyone will ever say. That... Talking about video games in The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, I would say uh, uh, tournament edition Monopoly is even nerdier than uh, your crazy random JRPG Xenogears. Oh, yeah. I also appreciate in that moment when Homer's looking at his letters and he's like, how could anybody spell anything with these? And it's just the word oxidize. I love that it's oxidize. That's oh, great. I love it. So as uh, uh, you know, they move on, uh, Bart has to take a, uh, like a, an aptitude test. It's going like, to determine his, like, his placing in life. And it is the worst test you can give a fourth grader. Yeah, I would say so. It's I- one of those stupid if a train's traveling this far at this many hour, miles per hour, when will this other train meet at test? I, you know, and I, I feel like in this episode, and I don't necessarily know if this is the way it's going to stick with Bart throughout the series, but in this episode, Bart seems to make an honest attempt. You know, he's sitting there and he's going through the problem in his head. He's not just like, oh my God, I can't do this. And he's just done. He legitimately is sitting there and he's like, okay, well, if the train's going this fast and, you know, it goes past this, you know, city. And honestly, like, there's a part of me, like, when I was doing the research, I'm going to level with our listeners. I was like, oh, I'm going to actually get this answer. And I gave up. I pulled apart. I was like, you know what? Not worth it. I didn't even try for that. I was just like, (laughs) nope. I'm going to enjoy the nice animation of Bart's little dream sequence here. Because it goes to a separate animation that's different from the show. Yeah, and I feel like the early seasons did this quite a few times. In fact, uh, I feel like in the the first few episodes uh, that we've uh, uh, seen so far... uh, at least, you know, uh, uh, like probably like episodes like one through five, you're seeing uh, uh, quite a bit of uh, uh, these like animations, you know. But oh, yeah. Bart's overactive imagination kind of ends up playing a larger role in the early seasons. Not so much in later seasons. I feel like they kind of stopped the cutaway gags almost around the time Family Guy came out towards the end of like the seventh, eighth season. You know, I think you're probably right. I, I think that when... Uh, 
uh, like the family guy kind of like took the idea and ran with it. I feel like we ended up with uh, less of them in the Simpsons and I'm not as much of an expert when it comes to the later seasons, of course, but I, I think you're right. Later seasons, <laughs> you know, like seasons, um, seven and eight. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, the end of the series. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Roughly around there. Now, I, I, so Bart originally is going to be doing this test, and Martin gives him a really hard time throughout this episode. Martin Prince is introduced in this episode. Ah, yes. And in early seasons, I have to say, he is my least favorite character in any TV show ever. I really hate Martin Prince. Oh, don't get me wrong. He's insufferable. Like, he's a piece of crap. He is so annoying. He's so obnoxious. He, uh, I like when Bart spray paints, you know, uh, uh, Skinner's face, it says Wiener. Uh, he, you know, he's like, oh, well, you know, it's uh, uh, not the correct, uh, uh, you know, spelling of it, though I guess there are regional, like, differences. Um, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he is so the um, actually nerd. He is so the um, actually nerd. You know, I, Actually, you know, it's just like, oh my god, you know, I hate him. And yeah, he's insufferable in the early seasons. I can't stand him in the early seasons, but this episode, I don't know what it is about Martin, but him correcting, ah, oh, Wiener should be spelled this way. I'm like, <laughs> God, I just, I want to beat him up. I really want to beat him up, and I'm not a bully. I don't condone bullying, but I want to beat this kid up. If I could make him real, I would beat him up. As an adult male. <laughs> you beat him up when he's a child? I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I agree wholeheartedly. It's just, you know, kind of surprising to hear out loud. Uh, so so as the episode moves on, uh, uh, Martin, you know, tells Mrs. Krabappel, who's also introduced in this episode. Yeah. Uh, uh, but she doesn't really get a ton of great jokes in this one, which is a shame because she's a great character. But uh, uh, Martin whines to her how Bart has to like turn his, you know, his, his desk to the window so he isn't tempted to cheat. And you know, uh, as uh, Bart is like attempting to get this test done, Martin's like, "Oh well, I, you know, I totally got it finished already. Can I read outside, like under the tree?" And he like makes faces at Bart and stuff, and it's just like, "Wow, he's such a wiener." You know, he's not only such a wiener, but he's such a kiss ass to Miss Krabappel as well. Yes, yes, he really is. He is such a brown noser. A, a brown noser. An apple polisher. <laughs> a bootlicker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, he's super obnoxious. So, Bart. Uh, uh, in and you know I I, I want to give Bart a little bit of credit here again because the you see in the the uh, episode he he makes the honest attempt to try to figure out the math problems and it's it's just too complicated and honestly even me as an adult trying to listen in on this math problem I'm thinking like oh I, I couldn't do it either but I I he I. He, uh, Mrs. Carapa looks out the window in in a uh, shining moment of just him being shrewd. This shrewd little devil. He swaps the tests. He just erases his name, switches it. Because here's the thing: it's a standardized test with bub- you know filling in the the bubbles. There's no nothing you fill out yourself. So there's it's the almost the perfect crime. I actually thought about doing this a lot in school. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. After watching this episode, I thought about cheating a lot on tests by doing this. I was condescending enough to be like, well, nobody's gonna be as smart as I am, so there's no reason for me to cheat. But I, uh, honestly, there were probably times that I probably could have, I, I might have had a much different future if I had changed a few of those standardized tests, just swapped them out with one of the nerdier kids? Or one of the nerdy kids who actually focused on studies and wasn't lazy and playing video games all day? 
the losers. <laughs> right. What a bunch of losers. So he switches the test, and I... Uh, uh, so... Oh. No. Go, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. yeah. So I was going to say, so he swaps out the test, and uh, uh, it, you know, uh, Homer and Marge end up getting called in to, to talk about the fact that Bart had spray-painted... <laughs> You know, Skinner's face on the wall. Which might be my favorite scene of the entire episode. They're walking into the school, uh-huh. and Homer sees on the wall, Skinner is a wiener. And he starts <laughs> laughing, and he says, he sure is. You know, I love that uh, scene for even another reason. The look of madness as he's laughing is so great. He's animated in such an, like, an interesting way to like give him the madness in his eyes as he's laughing. Honestly, that bad parenting was my dad growing up <laughs> because I one time got suspended from school for writing a Star Wars rap song that was filthy <laughs> my dad had to take me and this kid Aaron out of school he had to take us home and it was the day episode 2 came out on DVD he's like let's go buy Star Wars right to the principal after all this had happened and they shot oh, him man. the dirtiest look ever and I think of that when I see this scene with Homer that's awesome <laughs> that is so great man <laughs> Wish I still had a copy of that rap song. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I want this Star Wars rap. That's what I want. Was it based on episode one? It was everything. It was the prequels and it was the original trilogy. Oh, okay, all right, fair enough. So, uh, uh, you know, so uh, uh, Bart, you know, uh, Bart uh, uh, Marge, and Homer get called into the office. And uh, I love that, you know, like Homer's like, oh, what are you going to do? And Marge is like, and he's like, my wife has the craziest notion that you want me to pay for it. And Skinner's like, yeah, that's kind of the idea. I love Skinner's reaction to that because he's just sitting there as the cool, calm principal. And he's just like, yeah, I want that. Your wife's right. You're an idiot, Homer. <laughs> I love that Skinner is so straight-laced. He is so depicted as Bart's like true arch nemesis, the the sort of like like absolute law, you know, that is sort of the antithesis of Bart's chaos. Bart's chaos isn't really that chaotic in the early seasons. Not in the early seasons. He he's not nearly as. Uh, cra- you know, well, I maybe crazy is not the exact word, but sort of like out there as he is in later seasons. That's very true. Though, I mean, you know, I mean, he is like spray painting and stuff. And, like, let's face it, I don't know about you, but I feel like it would have been a huge deal if I had spray painted on the side of the school wall. Like, like how, like, I, I just like, I feel like the people who were writing this episode were like, oh yeah, this is what kids did like when I was growing up. But like, I feel like in the end of the eighties and early nineties, kids weren't really spray painting and stuff right honestly i feel like if they saw you spray painting they would think you were in a gang that was kind of the mentality that went through in the 80s and 90s yeah that's true i i feel like there was a lot of uh attention put on like uh uh, gang activity the war on drugs and gang activity (laughs) dare the war on drugs indeed and we saw how well that went we weren't allowed to wear hats in my school because it might be a sign that you're in a gang in elementary school, where we're all what? sweet little kids, yeah, we couldn't wear hats. In suburbia, too. It's not like you were in like some other... Like, you were in suburbia. Oh, man. Yeah, th- it was a it was a really big deal, and they took it way too seriously. Oh, yeah. Just way too seriously. And let's be honest, it did nothing. It did absolutely nothing. To all you parents out there who thought this was a good <laughs> idea, which I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but... I have no idea. 
it was not a good idea. It, it, it didn't. No, no. I don't think anybody like went to Dare uh, and left it thinking, oh, I'm going to now do drugs. I just think that it didn't really affect them. If they were going to do drugs, they were going to do it anyway. I feel like Dare taught me what drugs were, in all honesty. Like, I always saw the cartoons where it was the crazy version of the drug. Like, they would have some weird plague that affects the monkey people on Pirates of the Dark Water. Be like, oh, that's a drug. You might get addicted. (laughs) Or the Captain Planet where Wheeler gets addicted. You know, honestly, I had Uncle Billy growing up, and uh, really, I kind of knew about drugs because of that. I, it wasn't as big of a deal to me. I kind of knew, you know, like uh, like when the, the teacher's talking, and he's like, you know, blah, 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 like, this drug does this. And I'd be like, oh, it's also known as angel dust, but they really don't call it that these days, just so you know. And they're like, Craig, shut up. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, so, to try to get back on topic here. We have uh, uh, Homer, who uh, is listening to, to Skinner vent, and I love the fact that Skinner's like, oh, and like, you know, all these things he's done, he like pulls out uh, like a permission slip, and he's like, phony permission slips, and then he looks at the check, and it's the same horrible handwriting as the uh, the permission slip, and the look Skinner gives is just so priceless. That scene personally cuts me like a knife, because I have the world's worst handwriting. <laughs> Nobody has worse handwriting than I do. Uh, you do. You have <laughs> the worst handwriting I have ever ever seen. And coincidentally, you and my buddy Andy, who also has pretty crummy handwriting, I can read both of you guys' handwriting pretty decently. Yeah. Not not 100%. You know, every so often there might be a word I miss or, or can't, you know, figure out, but... Uh, I've been around you a lot. I know your handwriting, but it's not great. No, if I had a kid, I would feel bad because this would be every note they'd have for school. (laughs) They'd be like, oh, he totally faked this. My kid would probably be two years old and have better handwriting to me. I mean, I kind of want to be like like real and be like, no, no, but... You could break his hand and he would have better handwriting (laughs) than me. I mean, maybe not if you broke his hand. That'd be pretty bad. But I... So anyway, uh, there there is a, 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 a thing I wanted to, to point out, too. It, uh, a pretty dated uh, reference pops in in this scene. Homer has a checkbook on hand. Homer writes a check. I feel like that's a little dated. There's not as much check writing going on out there these days. Listen, usually the people who are writing checks these days are doing big purchases mm-hmm. or they're old people at a grocery store who like to hold up the line and ruin it for everybody else. There's an interesting story about this checkbook. I first got a checkbook back in 19-dickety-2. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had to say dickety. Kaiser had stolen the word 20. Anyway, uh, so uh, uh, J. Lauren Pryor is another character that gets introduced in this episode who's not very important. He doesn't show up in a whole lot of episodes. He's in probably what? A handful throughout the entire series. I want to say at most maybe ten episodes. Oh yeah, at most. Yeah, probably not even. And honestly, he may have even be a background character in a lot of those because I I don't feel like he he has a, a big speaking role a lot. But uh, he uh, pops in and the standardized tests were finished. And sure enough, quote unquote, Bart's a genius. Martin Prince is a genius, but they think it's Bart. Let's back up to Doctor Pryor for a second because yeah, I yeah. want to point something out about this. So, according to the DVD commentary, the reason they called him Dr. Pryor mm-hmm. is because he pries. That's where his name comes from. Really? Which, I don't know, as someone who's done a lot of role-playing in my time, it's a very D&D thing to take a basic word and make that into your character's name. Uh, yeah, I would say so. I do that a lot on uh, Noobs and Dragons, which 
well, I think this is a wonderful time to uh, segue into a commercial. I feel like if you're into Dungeons and Dragons and you like my voice, make sure to check out Noobs and Dragons. It releases every Wednesday on the Gamezilla Media Network. And uh, yeah, but no, you're right. I, I feel like uh, uh, I do that all the time where it's just like, well, I want this guy to, uh, you know, like swing a swing a sword around. Suios. Swing swords. Swios the sword. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it sometimes. You know, it's as simple as that in some cases. But uh, another dated reference, which is kind of a weird one, and I think they did it more for the imagery. When J. Lauren Pryor uh, pops out and he starts talking about Bart being a genius, he starts measuring Bart's head and gauging the size of it. That's phrenology, which is an incredibly outdated science. It was outdated in 1990. It had been outdated for nearly a hundred years before this episode aired. There were later jokes throughout The Simpsons where Burns uses phrenology and Smithers calls him out and he's like, it's kind of outdated, sir. I think the only times I've ever seen phrenology referenced Mm -hmm. are Mr. Burns and Django Unchained. (laughs) Both of which are used as dated references. Yeah. So you have uh, Django Unchained. You have Mr. Birds, who, okay, he's super old. He's the, the gag is that he's like, you know, 110 years old or whatever. But prior is, is it is like, you know, what, 40s or something? He's a, he's a, a school psychologist. I feel like maybe he shouldn't be using phrenology. I mean, he's a school psychologist. What do you expect from him? Let's be honest for a second. Sean out there throwing shade <laughs> against school counselors. I uh, I mean, I'm not going to say you're wrong, but I just feel like we've just uh, you know, completely alienated every school counselor who's listening to this. Sorry to the one school counselor listening out <laughs> there. But I also want to point out something that's super dated about this, because mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of dated. Yeah. They're talking about Bart's IQ level. I feel like that was a big thing in the 90s, and nowadays the only person who talks about their IQ is president of the united states you don't ever hear anyone else reference this yeah iq is kind of a, a, a it's also sort of a dated thing you know iq is is it's i mean let's face it it's it's putting a number to someone's intelligence that's not very simply done no you don't hear neil degrasse tyson coming on and talking about oh my iq tested this high yeah you, ever you pretty much just have jerks talking about how IQ, how, how high their IQ is. Anyone who has an, a high IQ and isn't a D-bag is probably not talking about it being high. I'm just going to go out there and say that. So, the episode continues on, though. So, they, they determine that uh, uh, Bart is a genius. And so, they're going to put him in this fancy school. Skinner's excited because Bart's going to be booted out of Springfield Elementary. He's going to this like school for gifted kids. Weird thing about that, though. Mm-hmm. So, Bart stole Martin's test for this. Yeah. Why didn't Martin, at the end of the episode, whose name is cleared, go to a smart school? Probably because Bart didn't tell him tell them who he stole <laughs> the test from. All he really said is that he cheated. Okay, 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 I can see that, because... Poor Martin. His teachers were probably like, "Man, I, I expected such high, th- you know, high, you know, uh, uh, great things from him. I had high hopes. He's just an idiot." There was also a deleted scene for this episode that yeah. was in the script and never got filmed. Oh, where Doctor Pryor and Principal Skinner talked to Martin's parents about how he's special needs. <laughs> what really? Yeah, apparently, according to Al Jean, that that existed at one time in the script, and they thought it was too insensitive and cut it. It's a little insensitive. <laughs> I, I don't be wrong. I feel like there, there's a, a certain amount of hilarity to the fact that it's like if Bart. 
Well, then again, it's not like Bart actually took the test. He just bubbled in letters. Yeah. You know, it's so so. But uh, so I guess in that regard, yeah, it, it is a little bit on the tasteless side. It's uh, it, it's a little uh, 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 taboo. You know, it's a little bit, especially one test determining oh this kid has special needs problems right, especially, <laughs> especially when he's always been intelligent otherwise I feel like if anything they would have like given him a retest or something maybe he just didn't want to do it that day I know in elementary school I spaced out with just space and bubbles like on the what was the Michigan standardized test the MEEP oh, meep. oh, oh yeah I didn't, I didn't care about that at all I just filled out bubbles <laughs> the MEEP test oh that just brought back so many <laughs> memories the MEEP test oh man uh, uh, now, for our listeners who aren't in uh, uh, Michigan, uh, the uh, you know I, I I'm not sure what your standardized tests were, but ours was called MEEP, M E E P, Michigan Education Analysis Protocol. <laughs> I made all those up, by the way. So maybe <laughs> you know what it sounds. It seems like it'd be uh, a standard protocol to uh, have a test like that. That, that adds up. Uh, so so Bart gets into this gifted school. And uh, uh, the very the uh, one of the things that kind of caught my attention is uh, so when uh, Homer drops Bart off, he uh, aside from like teaching him how to put on a clip-on tie, which is a great scene by the way. Homer tells it. Bart he's going to teach him how to put on a tie, and it's a clip-on. You just clip <laughs> the little clips on. <laughs> yeah, that, it was great. But uh, Homer kisses Bart, and Bart then kind of like calls him out, and like it's just like it's just weird and awkward. And I feel like this was. Like sort of a uh, 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 the thing is like men and, and fathers aren't really allowed to show affection, and I mean I'm not a dad these days, but I feel like things are starting to sort of turn the other way, and it's it's a lot more acceptable to be able to to not necessarily be a ultra masculine jerk. Oh, I would totally agree. I I feel like just in general. As a male, it's a little more acceptable to not be super masculine all the time. Yeah, you know, and so I, I feel like the the making uh, making a joke about the fact that it's like so misplaced and awkward, you know, Homer kissing Bart, and you know, I, I like that Homer says something along the lines of like, oh, you know, you know, fathers kiss their sons, it's okay. I think <laughs> he, like, he has no real idea. And it's also sort of sad for Homer that his father didn't really show him much affection, which we'll see which, later throughout the series. When Grandpa's introduced, we start to see that a little bit. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. So uh, when I, I, when Bart starts, you know, everything, it sounds great, right? Like, he, you know, he's going to be able to, like, do whatever he wants. They let him know, like, you can take a nap, you can read, you can do whatever. And he's immediately finding that he's not fitting in. I also want to point out the teacher in this school, this still school, has the same voice actress as Miss Krabappel. Oh, you're right. She's just a happy-sounding Mrs. Krabappel. Yeah, it's the same teacher, just a happier version. <laughs> Which I don't know if it was done on purpose or done due to cost effect. Prob- I, I, if I had to wager a guess, it's probably cost effectiveness. The fact that uh, uh, you know they didn't have to like pay somebody else to do the lines, they could just use uh, uh, oh, what's uh, her name who does Krabappel's voice? Uh, Marsha Wallace. Marsha Wallace. Yeah, yeah, Marsha Wallace. And uh, I, but I, I do appreciate the fact that there's sort of that like mirror of the you know of Bart's life where it's like oh well he when he's at this other school which is like for gifted kids, it's still sort of the same. It's still not happy. But it's not happy for other reasons. Yeah. You know? Which I like that the teacher in this scenario is happy, which we learn from Krabappel later on. And even a little bit here, she's not a happy teacher. No, no. Krabappel has uh, uh, 
well, she has a little bit of a tough life. She she things uh, aren't always going swell for uh, Kravopal in her personal life, and uh, so Bart ends up getting home and he's like, okay, finally I get to relax, and Marge decides that there she's going to like sort of uh, uh, how do I put it. Uh, influence Barton, like, you know, help him grow, and so she decides to take him to the opera. This may be the greatest scene in the entire episode, I want to point out. Yeah? Them going to the opera shows a bonding between Bart and Homer that you don't get very often in later seasons, but in the early seasons you get. Yeah, that's very true. You you don't see a lot of uh, Bart and Homer bonding uh, throughout the rest of the, the Simpsons series because, I mean, let's face it, by that, by, you know, season three and on, they're more about making the jokes. It's more about, you know, making gags. And so there's not as much, like, you know, like you said, bonding moments. And so even I feel like Lisa kind of gets involved with this because, you know, she gets to laugh along with them and make, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, d- delight in their uh, sort of like mischievous nature. Which, again, is a little out of character for Lisa because I feel like she would have been more into that. But I think you're right. I like the fact that she's part of the family. It's more of that wholesome family dynamic you had in late 80s sitcoms that kind of went away after the Simpsons became popular. That's very true. Yeah, the the it, it definitely did fade. I mean, I, there are definitely moments throughout the series where, like, you know, Homer and Bart bond or, or Lisa and Homer bond or whatever the case may be. But, uh, yeah, you, you end up uh, uh, with, you know, less of that. And I, I think you're right. I think it is a little out of character for Lisa, who is so into music, that she would be given a chance to go to an opera and make jokes and laugh at, you know, uh, Homer and Bart, which... You know, I mean, they're they're being funny, and I, I appreciate that they're showing she is a member of the family, and she's sort of like, you know, e- even though she is more straight-laced and more intelligent, she's still a Simpson, you yeah, know. She's also eight, too. You got to cut her some slack. True, <laughs> true, true. Very, very true. I uh, I will say, uh, Carmen is one of my favorite operas, I think. Uh, so it's funny that, like, in, like when I was younger, I, like, heard, like saw the, the Carmen through the Simpsons. Probably the first time I ever saw it was on the Simpsons. Mind you, it's just little bits and pieces. But later in life, I think, oh, wow, no, yeah, this is pretty great. I feel like a lot of cartoons used Carmen, because it was used in Hey Arnold as well at one point. It was used in Hey Arnold, and uh, I think there are plenty of, like, Looney Tunes episodes where they would make allusions to uh, Carmen. Yeah, which... Uh, which I'm not remembering a particular episode, so I might be off base there. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, I almost wonder, because uh, the guy who made uh, Hey Arnold is technically brother-in-law with uh, Matt Groening. Yeah. I wonder if he saw this episode and it sort of like kind of inspired him to 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 make it for Hey Arnold. Or maybe Carmen's just copyright free so they could just use it willy-nilly and do whatever they want and it's a good sex score to be copyright free. Yeah, you know, you're, you're probably more right about that, I suppose. So, uh, the, uh, one of the things uh, that I, I caught that I thought was pretty interesting is uh, the 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 family that comments on the the Simpsons, you know, being rude, is the Prince family. You know, I didn't catch that this time around. Really? Yeah, it is Martin, uh, his father and mother, and it would be, and it is the same father and mother that you would see throughout the series uh, for Martin. So it's not even like they they just slapped Martin in between two older figures and then ended up redesigning him. This is These are the character designs that they would have throughout the rest of the series. I thought that was pretty interesting. Which they were probably designed for that scene that was cut. 
Oh where yeah, they would have to talk to uh, Doctor Pryor. Yeah, yeah. They uh, uh, he he makes one line. He says something in the the opera like you know how rude or something like that. I I don't remember exactly what it is, but uh, but yeah, it is the Prince family. I thought that was pretty interesting. Now I uh, so in a little bit later in the episode, as as Bart's having this horrible time at this smart school, I. Uh, there's a scene where Homer plays catch with Bart. Let's talk about the smart school for a second. Oh, I feel sure. Like we kind of glossed over the smart school for yeah, a second. Yeah. This smart school is full of the most pretentious children you'll ever see. Oh, man, they're, they're all, so bad. They're all genius level intellect. Mm-hmm. I feel like this entire scene was copied for the Big Bang Theory. This was the concept of how are we going to write the Big Bang Theory? These kids right here. You know, they are so pretentious and they're so obnoxious. And basically, uh, uh, for for listeners who aren't as familiar with this episode or don't remember it very well, they basically start trying to trade Bart pieces of their lunch for his, but they use like weird arcane measurements that are like outdated. So they'll be like, you know, uh, like 10 pentagrams for a, a, a Dusseldorf. I, I obviously don't know it because I'm not a genius child. Ten teaspoons versus the weight of the moon of this. Yeah, and so they basically like they steal a sandwich from them. They like you know they do all this stuff, and uh, uh, there's a really really kind of like kind of heartfelt depressing moment where like uh, they uh, one of the kids starts commenting on I think it's uh, Bart's like cupcake or something and he's just like save your breath and he just slides the lunch aside and walks off and it's like that has to be it's just so gut-wrenching because it's like he it's a child going without his lunch because of the fact that he's being picked on by these like smart kids now i said earlier in the episode i'm not a bully or anything but right i used to take lunch from somebody in high school <laughs> quite often so I, I feel for these kids a little bit i was kind of a jerk i was totally a jerk yeah, you were t- you were absolutely a jerk. I, I'm 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 not here to say you're not a jerk because you are a jerk. But I I feel for those kids. So they're not as evil as you think. They're just kids being kids. Yeah, says the guy who stole lunch from. Uh, as an adult, I wouldn't do uh, <laughs> if I was hungry. I might, but I mean that's another story. Also in the school, mm-hmm. they point out about comic books, and I just thought this was really funny mm-hmm. that they pull out a comic book off the bookshelf and oh, Bart's yeah, like, yeah. all excited about it, and they're like, "Oh no, this is from a skit we did about illiteracy." Yeah, I, 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 I think that uh, uh, back then there was kind of a push to have kids not read comic books. I, I don't know what it was, but I distinctly remember in my elementary school, uh, you weren't allowed to bring in like comics. Like you could bring in books to read during like the reading hour, but it could not be comics. Which is weird because in the 80s, like the mid 80s, that's when comic books became more adult. That's where things yeah. like DC took its dark Batman year one and Watchmen came out. So things were more adult, but they're like, nope, still comic books are evil at this point. Right, right. Yeah, it's uh, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I guess I get it. Like you, you, you want kids to be able to like, you know, like brush up on their reading, so to speak, like, you know, expand their vocabulary, all this stuff. But I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think so long as you're doing some reading, it's better than no reading. Because like, there's people who won't even read comics because they just don't want to read. You know, I mean, it, if it's if it's going to help them read even to a small degree, I don't see the problem. I also see comic books as a way that they can read and appreciate art while they're reading. Absolutely, which yeah. is something they try to push on smarter kids in this school. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. did you read the book titles on the shelf? I caught some of them, but I didn't read all of them. The, is there anything in particular? The one that sticks out to me, mm-hmm. which is a classic story, is Homer's Odyssey is on the shelf, which is also the name of the next episode. 
wow, you're right. Homer's Odyssey, I think it was on the shelf. And I mean, it makes sense that it would be on the shelf. It's it's one of the classics of literature. Uh, yeah, I, I saw there there was quite a few uh, uh, episodes on there that caught my attention, or episodes, like quite a few uh, books on the shelf that caught my attention, but I'm, I'm not remembering what the others were. That was the one that stood out to me because I just thought that was a neat little thing that the next episode is called Homer's Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Spoilers for people who don't know The Simpsons. The next episode's called Homer's Odyssey. <laughs> Homer's Odyssey is the next episode that we do. <laughs> yes. Bit of a spoiler there. Uh, so moving on from the school and moving on from the opera, uh, Marge was about to make Bart go to uh, like an art show. Or, or no, they were going to play an artsy movie. It's like some like uh, 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 you know European director or something. And Bart really doesn't want to go. And Homer, in a bonding moment, is like, well, let's play catch. And so at this point, I was going to ask, like, because in my notes, I was like, oh, okay, I want to ask Sean if he thinks that Bart and Homer do play catch occasionally. And it's just only really seen in this episode. But later in the episode that uh, uh, Bart mentions how they've been bonding a lot recently and it's been great, thus implying that they do not play catch all that often. And it's kind of depressing. Yeah, I don't think I ever played catch with my dad growing up. But that's a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a single tear rolling down your cheek, Sean? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Uh, yeah, I I will say I, I did play catch with uh, uh, like my mom on occasion. Uh, normally it was like playing like a, a pickle or something with like one of the uh, kids in the neighborhood or my sister or whatever. Uh, so like I, I, I have... Was pickle on the Nintendo Entertainment System? <laughs> no, it was not. Then I didn't play it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was a huge video game kid, but some of our listeners might be surprised to know that in my early days i i wouldn't say i was more of an outdoor kid but i played outside quite a bit like i i you know i i went out i used my imagination quite a bit and uh, uh wandered around the the streets of my neighborhood rode bikes and stuff and uh and i'm sure you know like most kids it, it happens but like you sound like you just described stand by me <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like stand by me but less going to see dead bodies oh and actually seeing dead bodies oh Oh, that's like a sad episode of Pokemon there. <laughs> a bunch of kids sent out in the world and just go off and find a dead body. Yeah, these things happen. So, uh, uh, at the, towards the end of the, uh, uh, the episode, Bart attempts an experiment. And by attempts an experiment, we mean that he just starts playing around with chemicals because he doesn't have any clue what he's doing. And he makes an explosion. Uh, well, sort of like he, he creates this like gross slime that sort of expands out and covers the classroom because he mixed acids and bases together yes he did <laughs> yes he did and uh i learned not to do that because of this episode <laughs> <laughs> so uh uh which is kind of weird because bart then starts talking to to uh j lauren Pryor, the uh, school counselor again but he's not at springfield elementary but yeah. he is in that moment. They send him back to Springfield Elementary to talk to Pryor. Which is a weird thing. I didn't really catch that. But yeah, he wasn't going to Springfield Elementary. Why is he using their counselor? Maybe Pryor is uh, uh, the psychologist for the district. I mean, he did have all the paperwork to get Bart into that fancy school pretty easily. And it wasn't a private school. It didn't cost the Simpsons any extra. That is true. It's a it, It's a public fancy smart school because any other fancy smart school would have costed the simpsons money wish we had public fancy smart schools <laughs> right so uh so prior you know is like hey bart you know like we we 
we know accidents happen, but like, hey, you're supposed to be a genius. What's going on here? And uh, Bart starts talking about how, oh, he's bored. It's not for him, you know, uh, but he, he wants to go back to Springfield Elementary and like, you know, study the kids. And Pryor's like, well, write up a proposal. I'll get some paperwork. And Bart has no idea how to write a proposal. So he awkwardly attempts to fails and then makes his confession. Which he spells wrong, which might be the best line for Pryor. You know, I was going to bring that up. It's one of my favorite lines because Pryor looks at it and he's like, you misspelled confession, by the way. And it's just so, like, you could just tell Pryor is so done. He's just like, he got hoodwinked by this kid and the kid couldn't even spell confession. Which obviously shows that Bart is smart. He's just not book smart. He's street smart. He's kind of got a wit about him. Yeah, he. I, I would. I would say that Bart is 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 very clever. I would say he's very cunning. I I, th- I don't think that Bart is incredibly intelligent. I just think he's. Re- he, if you're if you're making his character, he has high wisdom and low intelligence. I would agree with that. Yeah. I uh, so as Bart gets home, I. Uh, Homer's like cleaning them off in the wash tub and like Homer's, you know, making fatherly excuses like, oh, I'm sure Einstein turned himself a whole bunch of different colors. Or maybe it was Thomas Edison. I don't remember who he referenced. Uh, but I, uh, you know, uh, Bart comes clean and I, uh, oh, uh, and for the record, uh, uh, before he comes clean, when they go in the living room, the picture of the sailboat is not in the living room where it normally is. It is a a very, very crudely drawn picture of Grandpa Simpson. They had a lot of very crudely drawn drawings in the background, but I'm going to get more into that later. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, Homer uh, uh, goes outside with Bart, and Bart comes clean, and they end up... Uh, Homer rages out. Not literally comes clean, because he's still a green color from this. Yes, and that leads me to another point, because Bart is completely green. Yeah, from head to toe. He was wearing clothing when the the lab experiment went off. Why is he completely green? He should only be green on like his face and uh, hands and uh, and that's about it, I think. Uh, because Bart's a Hulk now. <laughs> that's why <laughs> Bart is a Hulk. You know, I, I, I it, honestly though, I think if anyone's a Hulk in this episode, it's Homer who really, really loses his cool in this moment. I wouldn't say Homer's a Hulk. I would say he's a big, dumb, hairless, balding ape. <laughs> With no chin. With no chin. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Bart lets him know, and I, I, I love that, uh, uh, you know, Bart's like, hey, you know, we, we've bonded. I think that, you know, this isn't that big of a deal. You know, we, we've, you know, been closer than we've ever been. I really love that we've gotten together. And it shows that Bart does want his father's approval like despite the fact that like Bart you know makes a lot of like jabs at Homer throughout the series he does want his love and respect and Homer unfortunately will not give him much because Homer's kind of a selfish jerk yeah but in Homer's case I mean Bart did just lie to everyone in the family (laughs) that is very true although I feel like Lisa kind of knew especially because as Bart runs by naked and Homer chases him and Marge is like what's going on Lisa's like I think Bart's dumb again she says it very condescendingly. She knew that he wasn't intelligent. She totally knew. I'd like to also point out, Bart is naked in this scene. And I, I think that's the first time I saw a cartoon butt. You like, know? Like, it was in the Simpsons shorts, but I don't remember seeing that as they originally aired. Right, right. I, I never saw the original Tracy Ullman shorts until years later. So, 
yeah, I, I think that you're right. I don't know if I saw another cartoon butt before Bart's. I think Bart is my first cartoon butt. He's your butt genity on this. <laughs> <laughs> it's my, Bart's my butt genity. Uh, Which might be why the Simpsons had such a hatred by things like the Bushes at the time. Probably. Because it was so risque with Bart's butt. You know, honestly, I mean, like the, the Simpsons curse, they're not a perfect family by any stretch of the imagination, which we'll get into in later episodes and we'll see continually throughout the series. But uh, yeah, I think all in all, you end up with uh, uh, a family that's dysfunctional, which was honestly honest, though, if you know, for the time and really any time just about. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, that's probably why the, the Bushes were, you know, bad mouthing it and stuff. And, you know, people were really up in arms about it. Probably. I mean, it is the most realistic view of a family at this time. Families weren't sitcoms. You fought with your family, but you love your family. Sure. That's kind of the point. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I mean, the, the the Simpsons and the creators of the Simpsons really, really hated the like whitewashing of the American family. 80s sitcoms were so wholesome and clean. And I mean, even when there were like problems, it was handled in a very awkwardly funny way. Like there are sitcoms where it's like there, there's like friends of the family that like sexually harass like the daughters of the family. And they still somehow find weird, awkward ways to make jokes. And it's like. Oh, it's just weird and and just uncomfortable, and like I don't know. They like even when bad things are happening like that, it's this weird like like insert laugh track, and then like they they continue on. You know that might be why I never got into like TGIF growing up mm-hmm. because it's too wholesome for me. I don't like that wholesomeness. <laughs> like even in my comedies nowadays, I like the main character to be a depressed alcoholic so I can relate <laughs> to him. <laughs> You know, I, uh, uh, I mean, I, I hate to agree, but yeah, I, I, I never really got much into the, uh, the, the, the sort of like picture perfect sitcom, you know, uh, uh, full house, uh, step by step family matters, the Cosby show, the cot, well, that's a whole nother <laughs> can of worms that we're not going to get into today. Uh, but, uh, so, so that's the episode, uh, Bart the genius. But I do want to chat with you about sort of the the lasting impact of this episode. What do you think is sort of like one of the highlights of this episode or, or you know, why it continues to be important? Because I feel like just about every episode of The Simpsons has importance. Honestly, I feel like the reason this episode has importance is because it sets up Bart being kind of mischievous mm-hmm. and doing things that are out of the norm. He'll cheat on a test, but not because it's, you know, an evil thing he wants to do. It's because... He wants to do good. He's got a good reason behind his malicious intent. The path to hell is paved on good intentions, they say. Yeah, and Bart may be going to hell at some point. Who knows? <laughs> well, we <laughs> might know in a little bit here. Uh, maybe a you know, few episodes down the road. But uh, so... Yeah, I, I feel like the the sort of the la- one of the lasting impacts for this episode, like you said, is Bart being mischievous and setting that up. But I think you also, I mean, like the the Christmas special shows you the Simpsons, but it doesn't really let you get to know them that well. I feel like you start to learn a lot more. You know, you start to see that like Marge cares. Uh, you know, she's uh, maybe a little flaky from time to time. Homer is, you know, 
kind of a dummy. He 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 means well when he tries, but he doesn't try that often. Clearly, uh, Lisa's intelligent and you know uh, more on the clever side, a little bit more sort of uh, somber. And I mean, Bart, like you said, is mischievous. I feel like this set up the Simpsons pretty well, and I feel like you also get to see the dynamic of the school. You get to see Bart and Krabappel, Skinner, and the the other kids who you know either love him when he's being mischievous or when they think he's a genius, they turn on him. You know, I feel Simpsons kind of cheated that whole learning the characters because they had the Tracy Ullman shorts. So the public knew who each of these characters really were. Yeah. So they could get away with that for the holiday special. That's true. It's kind of like how in the newest Spider-Man movie they said they didn't want to do an origin story because everybody knows it. With the Simpsons, you kind of knew who they were. They were a pop culture icon at this point. Yeah, they, uh, I mean, they they had the Tracy Ullman shorts, and they had a, a holiday special at this point. So, I mean, I think that you you get enough character development and uh, sort of, like, you know, you know, giving you the setting of, like, you know, what the Simpsons are like in this episode. But they didn't have to go that in-depth because, like you said, they, they already were sort of established. Which is, it's kind of interesting because you don't have any other show that's like that, really, when you think about it. Not really. I mean, there's a... a there are things like, you know, like the, the cartoon shorts on, like, you know, Saturday Night Live that get their own, like, movies or whatever. But, like, it's not really the same thing. I guess, like, a sequel sp- series like Dragon Ball Z to Dragon Ball would work? I guess that kind of counts because they're sort of established already. There's not really a lot of sequel series out there. That's not usually a thing, is it? Uh, no, they tried that with Joey after Friends ended, and it didn't work. No, it didn't. That show was garbage. Joey is garbage, and anyone who likes it is stupid, and I hate him. It wasn't great. No, it, it was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got really into hating Joey there. I uh, wasn't a Joey guy. Oh, wasn't a Joey guy. I like Joey, but really? not his show. Yeah, his show is crummy. Uh, but I was never, uh, I, was, I was always more of the, uh, the Ross guy. Really, I, I'm I'm always a Chandler. I'm yeah, I defuse all situations with humor. <laughs> well, as much as I'd love to keep talking about friends with you, and I'm sure the listeners are going to be real sad that I'm cutting this off. Uh, I think it's about time that we uh, uh, wrap up the episode. So I. Uh, you know, definitely appreciate everyone listening. I uh, you know make sure to uh, check out the Gamezilla Media Patreon. And uh, aside from that, uh, Sean, is there any parting words you have? Cheat on tests, kids. You get away with murder. <laughs> you, get, you immediately put into a fancy smart guy school. I, I mean, every everything works out great for you. I yeah, think you're it, right. It's perfect. Cheat on tests. That's, that's what I got from this episode. Yeah, I, I think that uh, about wraps it up. Cheat on tests, kids. It's uh, going to be great. And uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>